0: Nice. (laughs) Hello and welcome to this episode of the Five Sports Podcast. Carly Nevis and Darren Nazlow back with you for another Hoops edition of the podcast. We have a great guest in store for you. For that, talk about our last week's guest was Bill Bennett, RCB now retired head coach, taking us through his coaching journey, kind of reasons why he retired and decided to hang it up. But he has nothing to hang his head on. He had a great career with Bird, led them to so many state tournaments, state runner-up finishes, and there he he was a pleasure to talk to. I mean, you don't get much better than Bill Bennett.
1: Carly, you always say it's more than basketball, and I think his impact on this community, on the state, on the sport, again, is more than basketball. He was not only a coach, but he was a father figure, even to us in the media. I mean, and imagine what he was like for the players as well, being that. Um, That father figure, that shoulder to cry on, that mentor, I mean, everything in between. A fantastic human being, um, and we wish him all the best as he golfs off into the sunset, if you will.
0: Definitely, we'll catch him on a course near you. So we'll move from the high school hardwood and now back to Mountaineer Hoops with our latest guest. For this episode of the Five Sports Podcast, we are joined by former Mountaineer guard, Jawan Staden. Juan, 2021 has been a weird year for a lot of people, but I feel like it's been a great year for you, honestly. You step away from playing professional basketball, you're a grad assistant for the Mountaineers. After the season, you start Hard to Guard Skills Academy, you're an AAU coach, all this stuff. We'll get into all the specifics, but you make the transition away from playing professionally to coaching. Just what has this year been like for Coach Juan? Um,
2: it's been a roller coaster just because. It's something brand new for me. I mean, you know, I've always been playing my whole life. So, you know, trying to transition more into, you know, training and coaching, is that's a new experience for me. So I'm learning every day. You know, I am I feel like a kid again with something brand new. Like I'm researching it. Um, I'm picking up new things from people. So, you know, I'm just having fun with it right now trying to see how far I can take it.
1: Well, what's interesting is we chatted during the season about you taking the grad assistant job uh, with WVU men's basketball. And I asked you, what do you want to do? And the answer was, "Ah, I might go into coaching. I might keep playing. It could have gone either way. Clearly Mm -hmm. it seems like you've made your decision. So my question to you is how impactful was this season with coach hugs, with the team to to get you where you are?
2: Um, honestly, to, to be completely honest, I haven't really fully made the decision. I mean, I'm playing in TBT, which is coming up in July. Um, And then I'm still getting offers to go overseas. So right now I'm just kind of, right now I'm enjoying my family. You know, that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, school is out, um, you know, I'm back with my family a lot more. So I'm just enjoying that part of it. And, you know, not trying to plan what's next, but just going with whatever feels right. You know, if the right um, offer comes and, you know, I'm always in shape and I'm working out, I might pursue that. But at the same time, I'm trying to start something of my own. So that's exciting in itself. You know what I mean? So, you know, if that if that seems like what, what I feel like I need to do, then that's what I'll put everything into. But right now, I'm just trying to take it day by day.
0: Honestly, those are two amazing options. So it's not like <laughs> you, you've been enjoying the fruits of your labor in the sense that people really trust you as a coach, even though this is your first year doing it. Where did the idea of Hard to Guard Skills Academy come from, and how is it going so far?
2: Um. Well, I mean, I, my dad... Does like player development. Um, that's kind of how I became the player that I am. Just so I know the, you know, the benefits of you know being in the gym and working on your game. And then you know coming up, I was always told that I was the hard, hardest player to guard. You know, so many people told me like, man, you're the hardest player I have ever had to guard. So you know that name just kind of came to me easy. You know, as far as hard to guard. You know, I know a lot of other people probably use the term or whatever. But my mom also wanted me to do some type of skills academy you know when I was young I used to get invited to those type of um things and camps and it was always beneficial for me so she wanted me to have something like that on my own so that's kind of how I put the two together and came up with that full name um and I mean it's just it's great you know to have people believe in what you do you know what I mean like business has has been good so far you know right now I'm just kind of getting my name out there more and letting people know what I'm doing but you know the feedback that I'm getting is is pretty good, and it's letting me know that this is something that I might be able to run with.
1: Now, Joanne, I know we have some local players from the Clarksburg Bridgeport area. I'm sure you've gotten your fair share of Morgantown players as well. What's the North Central West Virginia reception of it been like? Um, have you sort of built some bonds with maybe people outside of of the Morgantown area f- from coaching? Uh,
2: that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing now. Um, you know, we just played in a AAU tournament down at Bridgeport they just built a new complex and it was a it was an excellent complex it was a nice tournament uh put together by Nate Smith but um just talking to some of the people down there um they know that I was a GA this year and they see me coaching the team so just kind of asking what I was doing and just kind of telling them on, uh, you know feeding, filling them in on some of my plans and some of the things that I want to bring to the area and I think it will be a good a good mix. Um, I think it will be some good things for the future for th- for people to look out for, but you know, yeah, just building those relationships and you know, as a player, you, you're you so much involved in, you know, playing the game that they kind of tell you, okay, you got to be here, you got to meet these people. You don't really get to take it in and understand who you're meeting and what influence they have. But you know, when you're able to step away from it and you know, meet people on this different stage, it's, it's, it's a lot more, um, I guess you could say politics, or you know, a lot more knowing the behind the scenes of who's who and what you need to do and who you need to know to make things happen.
0: Yeah, on that note, I mean, you go from being a grad assistant coaching guys like Derek Culver, Deuce McBride, who are perennial pros. And now with the AAU team, you're coaching high school players like Brooks Gage and Jeremiah King that we know from covering them in high school. You know, you've never been a coach before, but to go through all these levels in such an expedited period of time, how do you do it? How do you handle all of those talent levels?
2: Uh, I mean, basketball is a universal game. You know what I mean? It, it, it starts young, but it's always the same game, no matter what country, no matter what age group. So if you have a, you know, a general feel for the game, you know, it's just really about calling what you see. You know, I've, I've played a lot of basketball um so that helps me particularly with guys that are younger than me because I've dealt with a lot of things they're going to deal with whether it's on the court whether it's something mental whether it's tweaking a uh you know putting your elbow in or you know trying this move so you know most of it is just I've been where they've been so I can kind of you know help them through it a lot easier and you know I learned a lot this year on the the staff you know being a GA no, I wasn't a coach but You know, I was right there every day, you know, and I was with one of the best coaches to ever coach the game. So I was still able to steal some things from him and even our other coaches on the staff that were, that I'm, you know, even working with these young guys that are are helping us be successful.
1: So what's the Jawan Staten coaching mentality? I mean, are we running back (laughs) press Virginia? Like, what's As I remember, we talked about that. Are you a (laughs) yeller? Are you a a player's coach, if you will? So what sort of (laughs) philosophies have you developed?
2: Uh with my a u team now, I mean I would definitely say I'm a player's coach that's that's kind of like the biggest thing for me. I always want to have that relationship with my players where they understand me I understand them, and uh you know we can talk about whatever it is you know what I mean I don't want to be so much of a yeller or a stickler or you know so demanding i w- i do want to be demanding because at the end of the day we play this game to win and to get better so I do want to be demanding, but you know i'm I'm kind of chill I would say my my players will say that I'm a chill coach. You know, I I talk to them with respect. I talk to them just like I would talk to anybody else. I don't talk down to them or them or anything. So, you know, I just like to keep everything chill, keep everything lighthearted. It's still a game, you know, have fun and and let's make shots.
0: I'm wondering if through doing your Skills Academy and even coaching AU, have there been moments where either players or parents are like, oh my God, that's Juwan and coaching my kid <laughs> or things like that. Like, you're still a local celebrity even though you know you're uh one of the most humble as they come but if you had like oh my god like my son is being coached by want stated
2: yeah i've got that a couple times just you know some parents have well not really the parents on my team i mean they always appreciate me i actually took a class with one of my players mom a grad class this <laughs> year so that was <laughs> that was funny when she brought that up but Yeah. I mean, it's cool. You know, they always appreciate me and that always makes me feel good. And, you know, they let me know that I'm doing a good job. You know, I take some pictures sometimes with the kids after we work out, but I'm so hands-on with them. And like, I don't just, you know, push them off on anybody. I pretty much do the workouts myself. I'm in with everybody. So I'm working with second graders all the way up to pros, you know, I'm hands-on. So I think being really hands-on like that kind of, you know, makes it more you know personable and it's not so much like oh man it's like they can come up to me and talk and laugh and joke and you know I just try to make it fun for them too so I think I I try to eliminate that you know oh my god factor and just like "I'm, I'm a normal person I'm chilled, relaxed just like everybody else
1: there's just something about these final forecast guys getting into coaching and I know that you were at WVU a little after Deshaun Butler was though um, he took an assistant job up at Wheeling, so we, they've got him, they've got you. Who got who into coaching? Did you, I know that you guys play together, so did you guys talk about that transition at all, or did you help him out?
2: Man, I think that's just the product of being smart basketball players. You know what I mean? Like, when you're a smart player and you, you play the game for so long, you, you learn so much about it, it's like, I can't just walk away. I have to do something involved with this I know too much about it I've spent too much time doing it and I've been too successful doing it so you know coaching is just I, I like Deshaun would say the same but it's just my way of giving back you know I don't really try to put my ego in it as far as I'm coaching more so, I try to make it more so about I'm helping you know what I mean so that's the way I look at it and I, I'm pretty sure they looks at it the same way.
0: So the difference between you and Zay though, is that he's actually fully retired and you and he'll be a coach on the best Virginia squad this year, which will probably be a weird dynamic, right. but you're going to play. So how are you staying ready to play in the basketball tournament while doing all these other things?
2: Well, I work out every day. Um, actually, I, I, when we finish here, <laughs> I'm going to be heading to the gym. So I just make sure that I get my workout in first Um get my weights in, get my court work, and then, you know, grab something to eat. After that, I'm, I'm available for everybody else for the rest of the day.
1: Well, you're welcome for us getting you ready and, and, and we're <laughs> stretching out the mouth muscles, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> we're getting you warmed up uh, for what you'll have on the court. Speaking of the TBT, your thoughts on this year's team? Obviously, there's a ton of excitement around the Charleston uh, Regional, which will be a lot of fun to play in front of the home state, your home fans. What are your thoughts headed into that?
2: I'm definitely excited. I think I might be the most excited person in the whole tournament just because the first round is in Charleston and then the championship is in Dayton. So I mean, like, I don't think that works out for anybody else in this whole tournament better than that will work out for me. So, you know, I try to use anything I can as motivation and everything. So, you know, that's, that's definitely a great thing um, to be able to witness that and uh, just to be able to play again, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't play last year. So, you know, I was a little upset, you know what I mean? To have to to get prepared and be thinking all year that you're going to play and then not be able to play and have to watch it. So, you know, to actually be able to play again this year is a great feeling. I think we're putting together a good team, um, a team that can win it. And, you know, I'm just trying to do everything on my part to make sure that I'm, I'm ready to go when the time comes.
0: We were upset, too, that it was canceled last year. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think of the squad in general? I mean – you know, you got Jay Sean Page back, Nathan Adrian back, all these guys. And then you add SAGs and you add, you know, all the additions that you've made. What's the chemistry of the team looking like, you know, before you start practicing, obviously?
2: Well, one thing that we all have in common and we're always going to have in common is that we play for the same coach. You know, so, you know, we all learn certain things from him that, you know, we've we've continued to implement to our game even to this day. So I think that that part of it right there will mesh well for us. And then we also know each other, Um, with the exception of maybe two guys that are gonna be on the team. Everybody else pretty much lives in Morgantown in the summer. So we're always working out. We're always around each other. Um, We're close. It's not just about basketball. We're kind of like a family. So I think all of that plays a a factor in it. And, you know, it's also just great players. You know what I mean? It's it's all these players that we mentioned have had impact here at WVU throughout their years. you know, to put a team together of basically all-stars at WVU should be exciting, and, you know, we're just looking forward to it.
1: I think the biggest story from 2019 was you getting hurt, Jawan. We <laughs> cannot afford to have you get hurt again. And I firmly believe, and I remember I talked to Billy Hahn about this, at the hotel-motel holiday, and not, not actually, <laughs> but I told him that if you were fully healthy – I believe that you guys would have beaten Overseas Elite that year. Do you agree and have you fully recovered? Have you maybe <laughs> have tweaked your game style for that to not happen again?
2: Uh not going to. Um but first yeah, I mean that was that was crazy. That uh, honestly that was it was a crazy play. And I do I do believe we would have beat Overseas Elite. You know, that year I think we had a good team too and uh we still had a good game against them but I think some of the things that I bring to the team were um, were definitely needed that game. Um, but you know, basketball is that's the that's the sport, you know what I mean? That that's what goes with the territory. So, you know, like I said, I'm lifting and I'm doing everything I can to prepare. You can't really prepare for freak accidents, but you know, just staying prayed up. I just know that, you know, this we're gonna we gonna play good and we're gonna do everything we supposed to do. You know, this is our chance and I think it's set up for us.
0: How cool is the basketball tournament? I feel like you've played overseas, you played at WVU, but it's so different, it seems like.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice, a nice event, you know, like, I watched it for a couple years before I even thought about, you know, ever playing in it, and it was just, like, every year is getting so much bigger, you know, like, it's getting more and more, Uh, like, the crowds are growing, uh, the excitement is talking about now it's on social media, so it's, like, it's, it's turned into an event like like the NCAA, you know, it gets a lot of attention and it's really the only basketball being played during that time on TV. So, you know, everybody's watching it, whether you're in the NBA or wherever you are, everybody has their eyes, you know, on the TBT. So, you know, it's really turning into a really prestigious event.
1: You know, jo- Joan, just to kind of bark on your resume here a little bit, I mean, just some of the numbers that you put up, you're one of six players in school history. To have 1,000 points, 400 assists, 100 steals, and 350 rebounds in a career. You did it all. I'm wondering from what you saw this year, the future of the WVU basketball program, are there any do it all guys that did similar things that you can on the court? Maybe that are coming back, maybe any incoming recruits that are future Statons out there? Any that you see?
2: Uh, you know, I like, I like, uh, I like Kitty. I think KD can do a lot of things that I did. Um, he's fast. He's athletic. Uh, he can, I mean, and he can rebound. He can score. So I think, you know, I think KD can do some things that I could do. Um, Deuce as well. You know, whether he comes back or not, we don't know. But, um, you know, as far as rebounding, passing, scoring, just kind of being a do-it-all guard, I think those two are are do-it-all guards. I haven't really seen a lot of the recruits coming in. Mm-hmm. Um I can't really call it. I think KJ might be. Um, I think he might be a, a do-it-all guard. You know, he's got long arms, good defender, good score. I think he got player of the year in Ohio. Um, so he might be one of those type of type of guards, but I would definitely say Keady and Deuce for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. You've had a first hand look at Deuce preparing for the NBA draft. He's come and plugged your Skills Academy. So what's your take on what the decision he's going to have to make, you know, in the next month?
2: Uh, I think that's really going to depend on how his workouts go. You know, I think that's the same for everybody. Um, you know, he's doing a great job in workouts and, you know, I can definitely say, see improvement in the areas that he wants to improve in. Um, but, you know, you really don't know until you get out there and and go through those workouts and kind of see how you match up against everybody else. I mean, that's, that's one of the pluses that they've added. You know, they're allowed to go work out for teams before they have to make the decision on coming back. So I think that that will really tell the story. If he goes out there and kills it in his workouts, that, w- that will make his decision. If he goes out there and it's like, uh, you know, I'm doing good, but I feel like with another year I could do better. I feel like that might make another decision.
1: What about for some of those other guys like Taz, like Sean, who also decided to go through the process? The reason I ask, right? You went undrafted in 2015, but then you signed with the Kings. So even if those guys potentially don't get drafted, they have the ability to sign. Any idea what they should do and what sort of that process would be like if they do go undrafted like you did?
2: Uh, Well, if they went undrafted, I mean, the first thing would be just trying to get on a summer league team. You know, summer league team opens up a lot of opportunities, whether it be, you know, getting a camp invite, Uh, to that team or maybe another team that may have seen you play or getting a a contract overseas because a lot of players get overseas through summer league so Mm -hmm. you know that would just open up their opportunities and obviously I feel like those are two players that would definitely get summer league opportunities um, which may lead to G League opportunities exhibit 10 two-way contracts you know it's so much opportunity that comes from summer league so I think that would be their main focus. You know, would be to try to get in, get in there, and just make a name for themselves and carve out some space.
0: And one uh, player that you didn't mention, Darren, have about Derek Culver. What do you see for <laughs> his future in your crystal ball?
2: Um, well, Derek. I mean, Derek has a lot of skill for a big. You know, what I mean, he's about six, six, ten, six, eleven, but he can do some guard things. So, um, I haven't personally worked out with Derek but I know the skill set that he has. And I know that he's in California doing some training. So, you know, I don't, I haven't, like I said, I haven't really seen as much of what he's been doing because he's not here, but I would imagine that he's getting a lot of skill stuff together and shooting some jump shots, because if he could add those things to his game, I definitely think he could play at the next level.
1: And the benefit for those guys to come back would just be, you know, you know, the the process guys would be, another year and develop and hopefully get drafted. Correct. Would that, would that be the right right. progression?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think for anybody that would come back, you know, it would obviously be to, you know, improve and show the things that they hadn't been doing or things that they needed to do more of um, with hopes of getting drafted, you know, or even just putting yourself in a better situation, because like we said, you know, it's guys like Fred VanVleet that went undrafted that, you know, he's pretty much got a franchise now. So, you know, it's all about putting yourself in a position to be seen, you know, not necessarily be drafted, but be putting up, put in your best personal situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And speaking of personal situations, so you say, you don't, you don't know what the future holds for you, but if you, you know, had to make a decision today, you're leaning toward coaching, playing, grad assistant is over. So now you are in a decision-making year, I guess.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Cause I think about that, like, probably every day but like I said when I think about stuff like that I'll go down a I'll go down a wormhole of just like back and forth back and forth back and forth so for right now I just got to take it day by day you know if if an offer comes and I am in shape and it's something that I want to take I might take it but at the same time if if my business is doing well I don't want to leave it so it's kind of just about you know, the better opportunity that that presents itself.
1: Because you've played in Belgium, Finland, France, Estonia, and Hungary. I mean, you've played everywhere. Is there maybe another country that would kind of spark Jawan Staten's interest or anything? You've pretty much seen Uh, it. Yeah, I
2: would would be looking to go more hot weather. Like, I played a lot of places like Finland. That's the coldest place I've ever been and then the places that i that i played in france during the winter got really cold too so if i do go play now i'm I'm looking to go more some hot places
0: like spain Uh, spain i feel like is a good place
2: spain is good i think i i think i would probably go outside of europe just because europe seasons are so long Mm -hmm. and you know like i mentioned i'm kind of like i need i need more time with my family so i'm not if i do go play I'm looking for shorter seasons and those seasons are more like um, outside of Europe, you know, kind of like in the middle East and um, Latin America, you know, somewhere in those type of areas. Deshaun was in Israel, right? Kevin Jones
1: in Japan, right? So you got some buddies, I guess that you could ask. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
2: we got people that play everywhere. John's been in Mexico, you know, we got people that have played everywhere. So I got a truck was just in, where was he? I ran. Uh, yeah, I ran. He's been in Qatar. So yeah, we, I, I definitely got guys to ask, you know, how it's been and figure out where I need to be.
0: Well, last thing for me, being a student in grad school this year, among all the basketball things that you were doing, you know, maybe you didn't get to sit in a classroom as much because of COVID, but just putting on your student hat again, what was that like?
2: Uh, it was, it was, it was like brand new all over again, you know, and not after not being in school for six years and then going back, it was like, it was really just a discipline part. Like I never stopped learning, but to be on a learning schedule, as far as this is due every Wednesday, this is due every Friday, this is due. So it was more so being on that schedule and, and also doing what I need to do as the grad assistant, you know, I was doing a lot. You know, as far as breaking down film and everything, so to to still be going through school, it kind of felt like it was extra, but at the same time, that was the most important thing at the time. So it was rough at the beginning and at the end when it was almost over, but, you know, I'm glad I was able to to see it through. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Juwan, no matter what you do, the future is bright. TBT, coaching, playing professionally, we know that you're going to be a star no matter what. Before we let you go, we, as we end every five sports podcast, we do a little something we like to call the high five. Five quick rapid fire questions to get to there know you. Juwan Staten better. Are you ready? I've got a tough first question for you.
2: Yeah, I'm ready
1: from your international playing days in those countries I aforementioned, what, did you learn a language or a phrase or anything that you can teach us in a different language from where you played?
2: Uh, Well, I'll just go, I mean, when you asked me that, I thought about some, some crazy stuff in French, but I'll just go with Finland and I'll say, moi. it just means, thank you, bye. I <laughs> say that all the time. <laughs>
0: That's a great phrase when you're, like, leaving a restaurant and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was going to be my question about all the countries you traveled. What's the craziest food that you tried?
2: Uh, The craziest food I tried was escargot, and I'll never try it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Toughest player that you had to play against, and you were in the, the very, very talented Big 12 days whenever you played. So who was the toughest guy that you went up against?
2: This guy I played against in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll say Marcus Smart. It's a good one.
0: Okay. And yeah. on that, you he's in the playoffs right now. Who wins the 2021 NBA Finals?
2: LeBron. I'm I'm LeBron all day. LeBron.
0: <laughs> if <It> he gets <up laughs> off the ground and doesn't keep flopping all the time.
2: He got poked <laughs> in the eye.
0: Okay. The eye thing was fine, but him getting like <laughs> padded by Chris Paul and falling on the ground. I love LeBron, Juan. I am a number one LeBron fan, but I'm yeah. embarrassed. Get up. Like, oh, you,
2: oh, okay. You're talking about this last game against the Suns. I mean, he takes a beating. People don't understand. Like, he's the biggest, strongest player. So he also gets fouled the hardest. And people just want to, I mean, he's still a person. That's just the empathy part. People don't want to see the strong guy complain. That's I get right. it.
0: Stand, but that undercut was nothing i'm like come yeah. on man
2: you gotta sell it though i mean you have to <laughs> i'm a lebron fan i'm always defending LeBron. LeBron.
0: i love him so much i just you don't have to love everything your favorite player does all the time true
2: no you're right you're right i will agree with that
0: sorry lebron's hand in darren
1: <laughs> no that's that's okay that's okay one on lebron versus the world i saw your tweet carly that's okay <laughs> um, my last thing, Jawan. Obviously, the Hard to Guard Skills Academy—the signature move—and you've had a lot of them that you can, you know, delve off onto these kids. You've had the crossover. You've had everything. What's the move that you teach the kids that they just have like no idea because you were so ridiculously good at it? Where you see balls uh, over the court?
2: Well, actually, I only I only teach my signature move right now to Deuce.
1: That's okay. the only way that I've been giving that to. <laughs>
2: I think I'll I'll probably share it with everybody else, but Deuce is the only one that I really gave my signature move to.
1: It works, clearly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One bonus question, actually. Any player on your AAU team that we should look out for in terms of local scale that maybe people haven't heard about yet?
2: Yeah, Brooks Brooks Gage and Jalen Goins are two really nice players. Uh, I don't know if they have, I don't know what their recruitment looks like, but they should be on somebody's list. Those are, are two really nice
0: players. We've we, we watched them with Morgantown and obviously Jalen Jalen's mm. brother, Seth, goes to Fairmont State. So we're familiar. Okay. With yeah. So yeah. We got it. All right. Coach Juan has those two on his list. <laughs> uh, John, we really appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. You have a million things to do. And we didn't mention you're a dad and husband too. So thank you for joining us and good appreciate luck. the you. We can't wait to see you back on the court. I mean, you're doing- Thank you. I can't wait
2: to be out there.
0: Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of the Five Sports Podcast with former Mountaineer and now coach, Skills Academy trainer, do-it-all guy, Juwan Staden. Of course, our episode is available in video form on our website, WDTV.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.